This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast on the completion of match week 26 in England's Premier League. And we'll get to talk games, massive games on this Sunday and Monday involving Liverpool and Spurs and Chelsea's loss at Watford. But before we get started on the the little chat about that, we always do ask our listeners to to rate and review the show. We ask everybody to, to tell us their stories of which team they support and why. And we always say we'll read up the best ones. And we've got one here from EOB, he's 15 years of age. And he says he's a die-hard Manchester City fan. I've been a supporter ever since City's win over Liverpool at the Etihad early in the 2014-15 season. The way Man City played in that game took my breath and haven't looked back ever since. So that's the sort of thing we want to know why you support them and what got you to love this beautiful game and the team that you support. Now, I'm Robbie Musto, here of always, of course, with Robbie Earl. Robbie, let's start with the final um, game of this match day. Watford at home to Chelsea. A 4-1 scoreline is pretty yeah. stunning given yeah. the way it's been going recently for Antonio Conte's man in Chelsea. And what did you... Well, I mean, what are your... First of all, the game, what was your main takeaways from it? My main takeaways from the game were that a team that were under a little bit of pressure. The highlight was... Uh, the, the highlight were on that people were looking at this football team, at this football club, and saying, has it become fractured? Is, is it broken? Because Antonio Conte got this group of players that when you look from the 1 to 11 and, and 1 to 16, 17, there's still a lot of quality in that squad, a squad that won the title last season. Are they still together? We talked about Pellegrino getting a winner uh, for Southampton at the weekend and said, looks okay, that, that football club. There's still something there for, to, to work on. You look at Chelsea today, Rob, and I have to say it, it, it was slightly startling that something looks a little bit broken. Now, if that's going to cost Antonio Conte's job, as people were saying before the game in the media, he's got one game, which I thought was a ridiculous shout. But to lose 3-0 to Bournemouth, to lose 4-1 to Watford, seven goals against two teams who you should really be beating with the quality of play you have is a problem. Um and Timo Bakayoko, um, I thought was a little unfortunate to get yeah. two yellows. It wasn't a yellow um, second one, with, was it? With the second one. But you know what? He probably deserves a yellow for the way he's played, Rob, for yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I've kept waiting for this guy. And I know you've got a little bit more patience I maybe him, than yeah. I. I saw a lot of and him. I just, yeah. I just, it hasn't happened. Now, mm. sometimes these are the reasons. But for 30 minutes, he was a touch and tackle midfield player. Every time his touch was off, he was out of the game. And, and it was his, his clumsiness, really, that led to the second yellow. When he takes a bad touch and uh, jumps into, um, was it Kapoor or Kapoor, uh, Charleston, whichever, in the midfield and, and gets his second yellow. I didn't think, I thought it was a foul, not a yellow, a little warning, mm. but he got one. And from that point on, you, you're looking at Chelsea and thinking, OK, it's another test. You've got enough quality in this team to maybe get a draw, if not go and win it. Um, but we're talking about a 4-1 defeat now away to Chelsea on the back of a, uh, a stunning 3-0 defeat to Bournemouth. And we know this is a football club 
We know this is an ownership who don't hang on too long, and I'm just wondering if there's a certain Mr. Gus Hiddink whose phone's ringing again, and it's like, okay, here we go, Gus. We're back to the usual. We need you for three or four months, see the season out before we, we do some more business again in the summer. Listen, Rob, we, we've been around the game in dressing rooms for, for 20 years, pretty mm -hmm. much both of us. I'm still, I, I still find it really difficult to try and figure out what's going on there. What, I mean, mm. he was so good last year. The yeah. team was so outstanding last year in a championship run. And I'm thinking in the summer, you know, this team with this manager can mm. go on and, and, and I don't necessarily repeat, but really start to be a dominant force in the Premier League. Now, we know that's difficult and that's a, that's mm -hmm. a tall order, but the drop-off, the, the, the seemingly dead and buried nature of the manager already what the heck goes on is it the squad of players yeah. is it the ownership it, yeah. it i mean it must be something with the ownership that once they've won a title i don't know they just they just kind of have a relaxing year they don't i mean the market's been a weird one for them that the, conte wants two quality mm -hmm. players more than eight kind of just squad players he was complaining at the start there wasn't enough players in the squad yeah. It's just, I, I, I find it difficult. I really find it difficult. And for Conte, who's an experienced guy, he had three seasons winning championships at Juventus. And all of a sudden for him to look like he's fed up to the back teeth of this football yeah. club is really weird. What do you make of do it? Do you know what? I, I, I go back to about two or three seasons ago. We were, we've, we've, since we've had the Premier League on NBC Sports. And um, I think it was Gus Poyet who said it said Sunderland Football Club, something's wrong. Something's inherently deeply wrong at this football club that, that stops it staying in, 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 in Premier Leagues. And uh, he, he said he couldn't, put, he couldn't put his finger on it. But this, was, this is in a scenario where Sunderland were continually losing games and continually fighting relegation, which at this point now has cost them um, in, in the back in the Championship, not doing a very good, good job there. I put Chelsea in a similar bracket, but Chelsea, have won, Chelsea are doing it when they win, when they win titles, when they win cups, when they've been actually won in Europe. There, there's something inherently wrong at this football club. You're right. It could be through from the top down, the ownership. It could be somewhere deep-seated within the club that people, I don't know, once they get success, there's a relaxed atmosphere that people don't kick on. Remember Sir Alex Ferguson talking about his group of players at Manchester United over the years and said, success can do two things to you. It can make you hungrier to go on, or it can make you complacent. And I get the sense that, that Chelsea is a little bit the latter. It doesn't necessarily make people that hungry to go on again. And we, we're seeing the, the, the kind of merry-go-round where they win a title, they drop off. Somebody comes in, they'll pick it up with this group of players, get some signings, and be close to winning a title again. And that's where we are now. How is this going to change? Well, the ownership isn't going to change, so that's one part of it. Is there things within the football club that need rooting out? Well, if there is, there's no manager who's been able to do that. Jose Mourinho, we've seen, wasn't able to. Conte has looked an unhappy bunny of late, um, as though he wants some backing from, the, from the, the ownership, as though he wants some say more in, in transfers, as though he wants to be more part of the running of the football well, should, club. And, and I don't think that, that's ever happening. What, 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 but let's, let's, just, let's just point the finger at Antonio Conte a little bit, Rob, because at the moment, nobody really is criticising him too much. Now, let me say this. It's a little bit devil's advocate, but let me do it for a little while. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of players that's come into the football club. Yes, mm -hmm. he lost Diego Costa and he lost Nemanja Matic, but the club have spent mm. a fair bit of money on eight players. Morata must have been somebody he wanted. Drinkwater, um, When Bakayoko, you say must have been what he wanted. Well, because they worked together before, 
I mean, surely, do you not think that he had any say in, in him coming to the oh, football club? Oh, I'm not club? saying he doesn't have no say, but I'm not so, so sure they're always the, the players that he wants. And I think that's what, what's happening at, at, what, at, at Chelsea. And Watford's a great example of that, Rob, because you said on many occasions with the Pozzo family, you know, mm. they bring in players and the coach is there to coach them now. Yeah, and they all understand I'd it. I'd agree with you in, in, in Antonio Conte, but these are better quality players at Chelsea than, than what we're seeing. And the manager or the coach in Antonio Conte doesn't like it. You know, no. Others at Walford are like, well, you mm. know what, I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm. I'm going to coach the team. If results are bad, I'm going to go. But he, he looks so miserable as if, like, I should have more of a say here. They want to kick on and, and, and win the Champions League and, and continue to be great in the Premier League. Give me some more power in the transfer market. And that's where there's been a disconnect. He hasn't got that. He's had a big old miserable face on for a few months now. And the, and the, the bottom line is, it's affecting the results of the team. So I think that's when the, the ownership's going to say, you know what, you're miserable. You know, we can't agree on a few things things it's time for you to move on but where I, I would turn that on its head and, and we've had this discussion of late this guy's a very good manager this guy can go in and sort things out we've talked on this show a couple of weeks ago if Arsenal was to get rid of the great Arsene Wenger then he'd be a great replacement to go in and sort out that football club so what is it with this guy is he the miserable guy at Chelsea who's not not that great or is he, is he somebody given the right tools and given the right backing can win new Premier League titles and change football clubs because that's what we're talking about. And I believe it's a latter. I still think this guy is a very, very good Premier League manager. That this this football club have to come to terms and almost almost back and mould around your manager. If Antonio Conte is your guy, back him. Give him the money, give him the time, give him the support and let him get on with his job. And if he's not, as we'll see probably in the summer, he'll go. Yeah. Somebody else will come in for another two or three years and, and we'll be in the same yeah. place having the same discussion. Yeah, the club wanna, the club ownership, the board of directors, whatever, mm. they want to maintain very strong Correct. control of this club and mm. won't allow any of it to go to the manager. Now, finally on this, mate, let's get down to, to yes or no. Is he, Antonio Conte, still the manager of Chelsea before the next game? Yes. Mm. Yes. Wow. He doesn't get sacked this week. Don't think wow. so. I think it's too quick. Yeah. Well, I, Champions, I, Le Champions League coming up as well. They've done it before. Uh, they've done it before in the yeah, middle of the round of 16 They'd have to be ready to go. They'd have to be ready mm. to go. Interesting. Sure I think they will. My, you my, think they will? I think they will. I think they'll pull the trigger the next couple of days. Just, just listen, let's give some love to Watford, by the way. Yeah, a team yeah. that, that we always kind of disagree a little bit on yeah. in terms of, of how they're doing and how they work and how mm. they survive. Uh, Javi Gracia isn't a name that, that, that's, that no. jumps out. We all know that. But listen, that's okay. The club is a little bit different. Really good today, by the way, Robbie. A different system. A two mm. in midfield that were good. Decor and Capu. You had yeah, Deo had, had a stunning mm. impact yeah. as his first game for Watford Crazy, player at home. Mm. Um, Richarlison was a little bit out of sorts and there was a little weird shot of him later on the bench looked a little bit emotional yeah he's not been happy there. since um, Silva's gone has he he's obviously good. very close to yeah. Silva and they were good. good but yeah they were good today and uh, like you say Dale Lafayette looks a steal coming in and, and giving them a bit of, a bit of um, pace and, and, and enterprise down on the right hand side Decore has been one of the sort of unwritten stars of the season, Rob. When you see him matched mm. up against a couple of the Chelsea boys, right, you think, Bakayoko, wow, this, this, yeah, guy, yeah. this guy's a beast. You can get from box to box. He's got goal set, got good energy. He's quite neat and tidy with his passing. Uh, yeah, well set up. Um, as we've seen, it looked a little bit like the, the, the Watford under Marco Silva when he first got hold of them. Decent mm. group of players, as long as they're well organised and put in good shape. They yeah. can test people out, and certainly at home where they get a bit of atmosphere. Um, you know, there's a few goals in there as well. So, um, you, you know, we have to say well done to Gracia. He wasn't a big name. He, he's not sort of on the, 
the top of everybody's lips. But again, Watford will, will have no problem staying in the league, and then we'll see with them what, what you know how how he's backed and how long he's in the job. Because we always talk about Watford and a bit of stability, and that lasts about six months, doesn't it? And then mm. we get to where we get to. Yeah, it's just impressive. I mean, they've got uh, about eight or nine players out injured. Uh, in Dong, did in Dong, they got from uh, Sunderland on loan, suspended mm. for this game as well. So big, big squad, and they still managed to get the job done. So well done to Watford, and we will wait and see Robbie, who's right out of me or you in the next few days with Antonio Conte at Chelsea. Let's now let's move. I guess backward to an amazing, an amazing game um, at Anfield, Liverpool two, Tottenham yeah. two. Now, there's kind of been lots of talk, lots of reaction to to the offside, the Harry yeah. Kane offside, and the rule and the interpretation and the, the law of it. Um, I don't want to go right all the way through it again, mate. But but what, what's your kind of? I guess now now the dust settled a little bit. We've yeah. heard from ex-referees on one side, ex-referees on the other side, the PGMOL, who are kind of the governing body, the head of referees mm. in the Premier League. And to be fair, there's been a mixed reaction. But the PGMOL, yeah. I guess, is the ones that me and you as, as pundits and as analysts yeah. have to say, OK, we listen to what you say. Said mm -hmm. it was absolutely fine that yeah. the, the player, Lovren, deliberately played the ball. And yeah. I guess the key thing is it doesn't matter if he messes it up or almost Correct. misses it totally. Yeah. He still deliberately played the ball. Mm. Um, what, what's your kind of, uh, what's your reaction now after a couple of days? Well, my reaction is I, I, every time I, I read another report or t take another quote from a, a, an ex-referee, I'm a little bit more confused, to be totally honest. Mm. But I get from PGMOL, it seems that it, because Dale Lovin is trying to make a, a deliberate touch to play the ball, even though he's trying to play it forward and it goes back and it deflects off him and it goes to Kane, mm. because it's a deliberate action that Kane is then ruled onside in that second phase and he's able to stay onside. And then, listen, there's still the debate whether he was taken down, did he dive, was a contact, mm. etc. But on that one, it seems that the PGM and I are trying to clean that whole issue up by saying because it was a deliberate act by Lovren that... Kane should have been a ruled on onside, which he was, and that's why the penalty was given. Now, listen, there's plenty of referees, there's plenty of pundits, there's plenty of rules that, that are suggesting that these, you know, whether Lovren's influenced by Kane being in offside position, whether the ball deflects going backwards, etc. That it, it's not. People like Alan Shearer, the great goal-scoring Alan Shearer, actually says, you know, for me, and I'm a centre forward, he was offside, so the flag should have gone up. And I, I'm a mm -hmm. bit like Alan. I like basic things I can understand, yeah. but. On this occasion, PGML yeah, have of the come law, out. So, yeah, yeah we, we, we've got to go with the rules and say that then if Kane is onside, we then talk about a question, well, you know, if people believe he's contact, he gets a penalty. Did he, he dive? He penalty and he, and he misses. I, I thought it was a dive. I thought it was a dive yesterday, and every time I've seen it, it still looks a dive. I know he's Harry. I know he's one of their own. I know he's England's uh, favourite son, but I still mm. think it's a di I thought it was a dive. I thought he could have easily not made the contact, but he didn't. He didn't he's gone score. He's gone around side him. The keeper yeah. comes out. He doesn't get the ball. His momentum takes him. His elbow hits this right foot of, of Harry Kane. I thought it was a. I thought it was a foul. Mm. I really See, did. I didn't, so you I didn't. thought he he hung his leg. Well, I, I thought he waited and, 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 and he could have easily missed. I, th <clears throat> I thought it was a dive. I just thought it was a dive. I, I, I've seen yeah. Harry Kane play. I've seen the way he plays, mm. and that wasn't what I've normally seen from him. But well, listen, we, we can we, we, we can agree yeah. to disagree yeah. um, as we did. But you know, we we kind of cleared that one up, I suppose. Although we, we saw, and um, I know you played in, in, in the show today, some of the uh, conversations between John Moss, the referee, for wow. the first and whether there was any, you know, TV inverted commas I mean, assistance. I mean, talk to me that, about that. I mean, How worrying wow. is what, that? What a by statement the way. that is. Well, wow. It is the, the worrying part for me is, Rob, I think it goes on. 
Well, it and, must and go think, on. He wouldn't say that, would he? He correct. wouldn't, he wouldn't and I, say, and I is there anything it, from the it, TV? You know, it, it, it's something that, that's been happening in the past. When decisions, sometimes you see yeah. decisions made. Sometimes you see the referee go to his ear. It's though he's having a conversation with somebody who's seen it, who's, re, who's sort of yeah, talking who's talking to the talking to the fourth official. It's like the fourth official's got somebody yeah. who's looking at a TV and saying, correct. Um, you know, in this wait, case, wait, Martin, okay, this ta tell, him, tell, tell the ref actually did get it. I mean, I mean that, that would be a scandal. That is absolutely not meant mm -hmm. to happen because uh, that basically is refereeing by TV. It's re-refereeing, which is what we've, we've said doesn't happen and should never happen. So, that. I mean, PGMOL, okay, Quickly you clear up the Lovren thing, mm. you put us in all kinds of things with the TV assistants, and then oh no, there was actually no contact with the fourth uh, referee. He didn't actually give him any assistance on that. Mm. Mm. Just on the other one, just on in terms of the decisions, I still, yeah. I, I still think that Van Dyke was was harshly done yeah. for that to be a penalty mm. as, he, as Lamella kind of gets in the way of his foot going to clear the ball. I, Have you I'm changed exactly your mind or anything? Do you th I mean, there's Listen, a lot of opinion I, I out there that it was a penalty. You know? Yeah, a lot and I saw, I saw a number of, of, of clips where, you know, it looks like he, he whacks him on the calf. Other, other clips look like there's hardly any contact. I don't mm. know how these people do this on the computer. Mm. Let me tell you why I, I think it's harsh. Because the only thing I think in, in Eric Lamella's mind is to somehow get a contact with Virgil van Dijk so he can go down. Mm. I think the o that's the only thing. I don't think it's, it's not one of them where he's trying to play the ball and by that, that doesn't see him and he catches him and it's a bit clumsy. Yeah. To me, it's like Lamello's jumping in front of Van Dyke's left foot yeah. with one intention yeah, not to, play to the get ball. contact to go down. Mm. And, and, and even if I'm wrong in this, the, the inherently in me, Rob, I, I can't agree that that's, that's right. No, I, I can't don't agree either. that that's right. If, if, if the one thing in Eric Lamello's mind is, let me get contact and go down for a penalty, then. I, I can't have it. You've so got a situation as well when, when defenders are absolutely petrified of yeah, making any contact with the player, right? We have that. People now. now, what this has shown is they will be petrified of clearing yeah. the ball, of yeah. actually kicking the ball inside the box because somebody or, might get in the or way Or if of you're a forward, kick. jump in front of the yeah, kick if you can absolutely. and go down. Get, get a boot in the backside and have and no... Get, yeah, absolutely. So I... I yeah, that 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 didn't feel right it to worried me. me. Yeah, that that worried me when 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 that's been given and people are going so strong on on like, well, mm. he made a massive contact. He's mm. trying to clear the ball and the other guy's jumping in front of him yeah. and then throwing himself to the ground to yeah. say, you know, to say, come on, referee, he hasn't he hasn't kicked the ball away. No, I, I right. wasn't so good on that one. Let's yeah. let's get, get away to the from good stuff. Yeah. Let's get to the good stuff. Wit Victor even Wanyama. Hmm. I mean, talk to me about that strike, Rob. Wow, well, yeah, I mean, it's special. He comes comes onto the ball really well. He smashes it so much power. A little bit of the outside of the right foot. And a stunning goal. I prefer the, the Salah goal, though. The quick feet, mm. the in-between four players, the acceleration to get to the ball to the goalkeeper, and then have the ability to clip it up. I said at the time, it reminded me of a Lionel Messi type of goal, and there isn't many players on the planet that I've ever seen that can do that. So that was mm. pretty stunning to me. Do you... I prefer that one. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the strike or the, or the, the, the no, speed of Salah? I'd, I'd have to say the... Uh the Salah goal mm. is, is something special, isn't it? I mean, the, the little dancing feet, I mean, it, it looks like he could probably take Earl on a dance floor with feet like that. I mean, <laughs> his, his movement, his balance, his speed. Beautiful. And then it? to Beautiful. get to the ball, Rob, and lift it over the I goalkeeper from that, from, from that distance it, it, and that angle was remarkable. Two goals for him in the game and 21 uh, goals now in the Premier League. 
hearing suggestions, Rob, if he keeps going, he's going to be the next one out oh the God. door, which must be a bit of a worry for Liverpool. You mm. keep getting mm. these players, giving them a platform and, and moving them on. But mm. let's just talk a little bit about the game because I think we, the, the tactic and, and the, the flow of the game got lost a bit with all yeah. the, 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 yeah. the decisions and that. Yeah. Yeah. Spurs with that diamond, yeah. went narrow diamond, didn't they? When we'd seen them against Manchester United, go sort of a, a three-year midfield and get extra bodies in there and dominate. Mm. He tried to do it through the diamond yeah. at the weekend. First off, desperately didn't work. Second off, what, what, what were you thinking? Well, I'll tell you what, it didn't work in the first half because Liverpool, mm. they're full of energy, they're full yeah. of passion, they're full of running, and the three in there stopped the four. Again, it is four versus three, but they stopped yeah. them. They stopped them yeah. because of the energy, interceptions, tackling, closing down, and Spurs looked a little bit narrow. Second half, yeah. the passing was better. And you've only got to make some connection passes like two or three times. And I and I know, I, I've been in midfields where, you know, oh my goodness, like there's the extra guy, I can't get there, and you get in between, and then Spurs took over. So I honestly thought they were going to change the way that they were playing. Pochettino didn't. He continued with the same system. He actually switched a little bit with uh, positions yeah. within the diamond that worked a little bit better. Ericsson to the outside and Delhi in the hole. But that football was really good, Rob. I mean, there was a lot of craziness. There was brilliant yeah. goals. I'll tell you what, Spurs didn't have to play well in the second half. Second half, yeah. And, and, and that going forward, given what we're seeing from Chelsea, what we saw in this game, put mm. Spurs in a, in, a, in a comfy feeling, a nice feel-good factor that they can go on yeah. and have a strong end to the, to the season. I thought, well, I think Spurs are coming to the boil beautifully in the Premier League right now. Yeah, they are, I have to say, maturing a little bit. I, I've always said these, you know, Spurs question mark for me, and it seems to be that, can they take this next step? Mm. They've got so much potential, so many good individuals, a quality manager, but in those big games, those big moments, but they hung in there, they, they mm. got a 2-2 draw. Just a quick line as well on Virgil van Dijk, made yeah. he, his home Premier League debut, and yeah. I thought at times a partnership with, with him and Lovren was... Um, Looked, looked promising, Rob. It looked at times we, we were going to do a little piece on well, them yeah. just before the craziness yeah. happened. Like, yeah. actually, these two have complimented themselves quite well, defended well, got good blocks in, had a nice sort of relationship betw between each other. So I think there's something to look forward to there for Liverpool's point yeah. of view. And also, by the way, the craziness happens and it does affect the, the kind of the analysis afterwards. But yeah. we shouldn't forget that. You know, we, we yeah. don't we, you don't look at that and think, you know what, fair play Correct. to Lovren and Van Dijk. Yeah, They're playing really minutes. well for 75. Yeah. And, and, and just because the craziness and everything else mm. these decisions I, I still you know I'll give them two credit and I've been somebody that's given Van um, uh, sorry Lovren you know yeah. a lot of stick because he's been awful at times but fair play for the most part uh, away from those decisions I thought the two looked better I think Liverpool in general are defensively a little bit more sound I thought they were they're managing the game okay mm. with Spurs' dominance and then the, the craziness took over but but a really great game of football Rob I mean Brilliant, you know yeah. in terms of goals and of incident of, God, of controversy I mean isn't that the Premier League isn't that, is that what we love that mate? is best it's, I mean you don't always that get that want? but that was yeah. that was pretty amazing to work on that and to have our amazing tape room Oh, brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Emmy award-winning oh tape room on a Sunday. I mean, it was going crazy back there, wasn't it? Yeah. We, we, we were trying to look at this incident and that incident, yeah. talk to the referee and see the linesman. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, it, was, it was brilliant stuff. Yeah. And you've got to think both those clubs will hope now if Chelsea keep yeah. having their problems, they can both, both could in sneak, sneak yeah. it into the top four. Let's also forget, mate, on, on Sunday at Sellers, yeah. where Palace and Newcastle, they, they um, ended up with a point apiece, which I think both would have wanted three, obviously. Palace, probably on the balance of play, had more chances. Big disappointment, some news coming out of Palace as well. Wilfred Zaha might be injured for a few weeks. They're oh, saying wow. he, his really? knee went down with a knee injury and this talk that he could be out for a few weeks. So that could be uh, real problems because there were some stats showing that with Wilfred, Wilfred Zaha in the team, 
some you know percentage of wins good without Wilfred Zaha and the team as they were early in the season when they had seven games with no goals and no points. Wilfred Zaha was missing, so we'll have to keep an eye on that one, mate. Yeah, we will. I mean, I, I thought Palace were, were were struggled in the first half um, mm. and much better in the second half. And and there is something about Palace's is is character. There's a, they're real fighters, and Wilfred Zaha again. I mean, what a player and what a season he's having. That's, that's really bad news. For Newcastle's point of view, I think they'll be delighted. They'll be getting out of there thinking, wow, yeah. that's a good point, because they struggled. They really struggled after a decent first half where Diami and Shalvio I thought, were pretty dominant in the middle of the park. Yeah. But as it's, it's often happens with those two, when the tempo gets a little bit higher and the, and the game speed goes up, yeah. they just struggle they to be as out, composed yeah. on the ball because there isn't so much time. But 1-1, fair result. And mm. I think when you look at those two, Rob, who's going to be in more trouble with relegation, um, Newcastle United Newcastle. or Crystal Palace? Newcastle. You for still me. think they're in, uh, you're in still big Newcastle? Trouble, yeah. yeah. Although I, you, you know what, Rob, I think it could be a tale of centre forwards. The big Belgian beast Benteke, no goals at home all season. Mm. If he can start finding a bit of form, they could be okay. Mm. Islam Slomani yeah. is yes. the saviour for he Newcastle. He could be the saviour. They love a centre forward up there. If he mm. goes in and bangs in yeah. six goals, seven goals, Robert, between now and the end of the season, that mm. might, might be enough with Rafa's kind of defensive setup, organisation, mm. and what else he's got in the team. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, mate. So we we uh, we wrap up this weekend and yeah, look forward to a it's North London derby next next North weekend, London mate. Derby. Every weekend there's a massive Bring game. It it's great, it's great. And all those teams at the bottom. So that's it from us on the Monday where Chelsea got beat and Conte could lose his job. Now we want to hear from you, our listeners. First, we'd love you to rate and review the show by downloading the Two Robbies on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you like. But more importantly, tell us what team you support and why. Please let us know your team and we'll read out the best two or three responses on our next podcast. So, on a weekend when we saw 10 minutes of mayhem as Spurs versus Liverpool played out in the most dramatic, crazy 2-2 draw ever. I'm Earl, he's Musto, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.